Hey guys, how did you buy diapers in the good old days before Lazada and Shopee? Well, I speak to the lovely Lavini from Baby Dash. Enjoy. Welcome to Tech This Way. better yes very good okay excellent okay good good afternoon Lavini. good afternoon Let's Amran. Begin. yes sure thanks for coming in no worries happy to be here oh, i'm glad you're here um so co-founder of baby dash yes um and as i looked at your profile you actually started something else before as well yes some dance i had a studio a studio yeah for a good 11 years okay yeah um i'd like to go into both Oh, uh, all right. If you don't mind, but sure. also a little bit more about yourself. Okay. Um, you know, so how did it all start for you? Um, how did it all start? Mm, Goodness, this sounds in this, like in a this, in this entrepreneurial career. Of um, yours. Firstly, I never knew I was cut out to be an entrepreneur. Mm. Uh, never dawned upon me at all. Uh, I trained as a lawyer. Okay. Uh, and uh, and then, so at that time in uni, it was a combination of, yes, let's do law and then let's combine it with finance. Let's go into investment banking, the typical sort of thing. Mm. Uh, very excited about all that. So came back to Malaysia and joined the corporate banking world. Did that for two years. Oh, okay. Uh, ABN Emro okay. at that time. Mm. Uh, enjoyed it and then realized that uh, I, it was not, not quite what I was looking for. Mm. Uh, and, uh, you know, you know, you're exploring yourself when you're that young. And then, so I left. And then in that space that I had, uh, I was always a dancer while I was studying law. Okay. And uh, so at university, uh, I used to get involved in uh, competitions, ballroom dancing competitions. I was going to ask what kind of... Dancing. Yeah, so yeah. mainly Latin American uh, ballroom yeah. dancing sort of thing. So we were mm. we were crazy. We would uh, practice every day and then go this for here in Malaysia. No, no, in the UK. In the UK. Okay. In the UK. Okay. So uh, and and uh, did you pick it up when you were there? Picked it up when I was there, but I already had dancing back. Not this genre, a different, mm. you know. But I already had background, so it was easy to sort of like get into a new genre and and okay. train and build up right. from there. So you know, used to go for competitions all the time. Represented the university. Oh, big time serious. Okay. So you know, went to the nationals and all that kind of thing. Ah, so ah. it was a big deal. And for me, I think when you really enjoy and you're absolutely passionate about what you're doing, that sort of like fuels everything in your life. Everything's very positive in that sense mm. so I always tell my dad the only reason I did well in law school is because I was dancing <laughs> not because I was studying because you know because you're like, happy vibes right you're really yeah. happy and yeah. that kind of thing and and uh, so okay. so I did that and then came back to Malaysia joined the corporate bank and then after two years decided to figure out something right. and in that time I met, met up with my former dance partner he was also Malaysian mm. uh, and he was one year junior to me so he came back to Malaysia a year after me okay. and so he was Okay. Also finding himself, he's like, yala, you know, got to do something, right. and and and, and we, yeah, and then about, mm. and we thought, you know what, we had such a great experience in the UK. Wouldn't it be nice to be able to bring that what we experienced, you know, created in Malaysia, start mm. the scene? I mean, there was already a ballroom dancing scene here, right. but what year was that? Uh, this was, we started it in two thousand two. Okay, oh, fairly. 
long well, time back, ago. Yeah. It's now 2020. How was the, I don't know, ballroom dancing um, scene? The thing UK, is, the yeah? scene has always been around, but it's very, it's 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 only a particular segment of society that knows about it. And yeah, not my segment of society. Not your segment. <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, it, I mean, what's interesting is there's a lot of talent in Malaysia. So even oh. when we were dancing in the UK, a lot of us Malaysians who, who took part in the, competitions I mean there were quite a few of us you could see without the background those of us who came from different like my background was ballet and mm. so I was able to pick up and some of my other university mates as well those of us who came up the ranks um, there's a lot of talent but it's just that over here yeah. uh, there was no we, avenue to there was no that. no real strong avenue there are avenues but not strong avenues right. you know so I we thought, thought everybody ends up as an RTM dancer or something in the end. No lah. So, <laughs> so then, so no, no, there's a lot more to it. So we thought, oh, let's sure. create, let's create this hmm. scene, you know, where yeah. let's bring in our top coaches from the UK, let's bring right. in the top dancers in the world, let's create a festival. We had all these big dreams, right? Mm. So uh, initially, our idea was, let's create, let's start with a festival, start with a bang, okay. create that sort of um, uh, hype. And then from there, people will want to do classes and enroll mm. their kids mm. and then come up that way. Uh, that didn't quite work out because we realized we needed to really get a lot of sponsors to be able to do something like that. Yeah. So we said, okay, let's do it the other way around. Let's create a studio. Let's start teaching people, mm. create that movement. Mm. Um, and then from there, we work towards building uh, towards creating a festival okay. like with, with the world right. championships coming into Malaysia and okay. whatnot. So there um, weren't that many competitions and, and, and those kind of things at the time? Yeah, there was, but small scale. Okay. And again, not many people know about it. Mm, you know, mm. it's uh, again, only a small segment of, right. of the people right. who are following it, lah, you okay. know. So, um, so that's what we did. We created the studio in 2002 and in 2007, so five years later, we created the festival. Right. Where was, uh, where's this the was uh, in, The studio was in Sri Hatamas okay. and then we created another branch in Ampang and then we had the fest festival in Berjaya Times Square. Mm. So, it was called the KL International Dance Festival. We had I don't know how many countries. I think we had 17 countries come in. If I'm not mistaken, so long ago now, I can't remember. <laughs> but essentially, we brought in some of the world, the top class dancers right. into Malaysia. And so when you say you set up a studio, this is a, a teaching studio. Correct. To dance. Okay. Exactly. And we also mm -hmm. were involved in events. Okay. So people, you know, corporates could hire dancers mm -hmm. and professional dancers to be that kind of thing. Right. But a whole, beyond that, it was about creating the the you know, creating that gene pool, that talent, you know, mm. to come up the ranks, people mm. who were serious about it. So, so um, ballroom dancing, actually, the proper formal name is dance sport. And dance okay. sport is a, a medal sport uh, in the Sea Games, Commonwealth Games, right. and they were lobbying for it to be in the Olympics as well. Mm. So, we actually took the first Malaysian team to the Sea Games oh, in wow. 2007 mm. as well, actually. Mm. Came back with a bronze medal. So was there <laughs> we, a lot of, uh, I don't know, government support? To, to Not that. really. The the, hmm. the Thais and the Filipinos have a lot of government support. So as in they bring in, they pay for their training, their coaching and all that, hmm. which is why they were the ones who bagged the golds and the silvers. Right, right. Uh, so actually Malaysia can easily do that as well if you have that kind of support like, hmm. they, like they get, you know. But I think what we achieved in itself, we're really proud of because, you know, from nowhere... Yeah. to bring it up and then to go to the games, to get a medal and come back. Um, sure. uh, I mean, right now, I think the scene is, we tried to bring it up as much as we could, 
Uh, there's a lot more that can be done. Mm. Um, and uh, I, I'm not in the scene anymore, so I can't speak about what's happened over the yeah. last 10 years. Uh, but um, what I can say is there's a lot of talent in Malaysia. And I and I really hope, and it's such a passionate thing. I mean, mm. it's such a fun thing to do. Yet at the same time, it's it's very, it's something you, you need to have a lot of skills to be able to come up to that mm. level, you know. Mm. Um, so, I don't know, hopefully more and more people get yeah. on the bandwagon and... Is it something the that I don't know? I guess I guess in the UK and the US that you could, I assume you can be professional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And therefore it's big can, there. Right? It's huge. As there. opposed to here, yeah. typically, right? If you yeah. can't make a living out of it, then it's very hard to get your well, parents' the, support. To, correct. To so you do have professionals here, mm. and what they end up doing is they end up becoming coaches. They or they might set up a studio like what we did. Mm. Um, but in order to go and do even bigger things, you have to go to the world championships. You have to have some ranking okay. in the world, right? Okay. And then and then you travel around, give mm. master classes, all those kind yeah. of things. It's a lot more to it. And um, so whilst Malaysia has the talent, you need mm. enough support. In, in the genre to yeah, be able to yeah. I mean you mentioned ballet you started that right yeah. I mean um, like my kids go to ballet there seems to be a lot of ballet classes and things yeah, around right so, but right. I don't know whether it's transitioned to something, something else. broader right? To, yeah no to which dancing. is great the ballet mm. is a fantastic um, mm. starting point yeah. and if you do that for 15 years or whatever then you can do almost any kind of dance afterwards it's so just yes. that there isn't much after la, in terms of depends where you are depends where you are you know mm. um, and okay. it's yeah it's good if you go into the performing arts dance is always a great yeah yeah true. yeah okay so then you know so that kind of so, so what happened to the, to the dance so today? what happened was we did that for about 11 years and then a long time. We, long time and then we um, it's difficult to grow it because there's not enough talent in Malaysia in terms of teaching to, to because ah, the, okay. you want to have if you want to scale it up and have more studios you need to have that many good teachers mm. And we kind of ran out of the good teachers. In, right. you know, you've got to bring in people from abroad and all that. Mm. And you, that's a bit expensive and hard yeah, to do. Um, so I think we took it to as far as we could. Mm. And so then it became itchy. I wanted to f- to do something which which was scalable, yeah. something different. Yeah. Uh, so I actually started Baby Dash with another friend of mine. Mm. Uh, and, uh, and at that time... Um, basically, we were looking for a business that was scalable, okay, and and that could do could we could achieve different things. So we explored various different um, ideas before mm. landing on Baby Dash. So when we started Baby Dash, it was actually even before Lazada and Tesco started. So oh, just okay. about so six months like before they did 2012? actually 2011. 2011 they started in 2012 oh, so immediately after your dance studio no actually I was running both at the same time oh I see so we started the groundwork ah. for Baby Dash in 2010 ah okay so I was running both at the same time right. you know looking at websites talking to web developers everything mm. whilst running the studio as well okay. and then after a while I realised cannot lah I have to I have to let one go right. I, I can't right. do both um, so and and so I decided to focus on Baby Dash and build it mm-hmm. um, and, and, and my partner at the dance studio at that time as well he is also involved in the performing arts okay. he still is today he's one of those famous um, singers oh, and wow. musicals in, okay. in musicals and right. all that so I said take it over do your theatre use mm. it for auditions for your KL pack and whatnot. Mm. so the studio is still there but it's for more for theatre now right. and musicals right. you know right. so um, so yeah that allowed me to carry on and build Baby Dash mm. that's where we are so a little bit about the start for Baby Dash then so you guys were looking at a lot of different ideas so yeah. how did you land on Baby Dash? Was it a need or was it purely from a commercial standpoint? Uh, I think it started with a need because, um, you know, we've got 
all our friends, um, half are in Malaysia, half are abroad, but mm. always come back to Malaysia and we always have meetups and catch-ups and mm. sort of thing. And, and our friends from abroad were like, you know what, guys, why why is it you guys are rushing to the grocery store to buy your diapers and your milk? Why can't you just buy it online? Mm. So at that time, nobody was selling right. diapers and milk no online. So there was there. a clear gap. There was a clear gap in mm. them. I mean, you did have online stores. At that time, you had Leilong, of course. Okay. And maybe you had some websites. Right. Actually, yeah, you did. Even when we, I mean, I started doing the research for the baby websites, there were quite a number, quite a lot actually. But they all focus on the high margin items, things like car seats, strollers, the one-off right. purchases, mm. toys. Nobody was selling milk. Nobody was selling diapers. The, uh, the and the items. yeah, and the reason behind that is you can't make money from those items. It's okay. all single digit margin. Really? Yeah, oh. can because it's fast moving, right? Yeah, but it just feels expensive. <laughs> of course, it does. <laughs> right. oh, okay, so margins are fairly low. Margins are rubbish. So right. and and so people don't choose mm. to use to to have that online mm. because if somebody comes to your website and they buy purely diapers or purely milk, you end up losing money. Mm. But what we did, we thought was let's create. I mean, if nobody's doing it, that's an opportunity and yeah. let's see how we can make it work. Mm. So if we create a site that carries everything from A to Z, mm. then sure, you lose money on the diapers and milk, but then you make money on the other items. Yeah. So net-net, you still average mm. on a decent margin. Mm. Um, so we started doing research around that and then we realized there was a very successful company in the US called diapers.com. Okay. And they started in 2005. And so by the time we were doing the research on them, they were being bought out by um, Amazon. Mm. Uh, so Amazon bought them out for 500 million. Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's something to, to put a goal for. Um, yeah. So we thought, hey, if these guys can do it, and, and we read their story, they were losing money on mm. every single sale. Um, and people didn't take them seriously in the beginning. They're like, what? What? Diapers, milk, online. Yeah. So mm. when I, I, and I mean the big companies, you know, and that's exactly the experience we had in Malaysia. So mm. when we went to approach people like, you know, Procter and Gamble and Johnson's and Johnson's, Kimberly Clark, they're like, well, why, why would we come online? Because we're already selling so well in the Tesco's and mm. the giants. So you went to them as a, as a channel, as a distributor? For I them. went to them because I said, I'm going to create a platform and I want to stock your goods. Mm. So you come on board my platform. Right. So a lot of the big brands didn't have the confidence. It was the smaller brands that came on board. Yeah. And funnily enough, two years later, the big brands were knocking on our door saying, hey guys, we want to list on your website. Uh. <laughs> so, how, so who is we at that point? Um, uh, it was my partner and myself mm -hmm. uh, but she was actually a silent partner so because she was still working in the corporate world in the bank at that, okay. in, in a, in, yeah and and so she said yeah I'd like to come in but um, but you know I, I can't leave my job obviously because mm. it's a startup yeah, yeah. and so for me I I was okay I was willing to you know take the plunge start something new no yeah. income for X yeah. amount of years in the end it was five years <laughs> but no but I mean that those are the sacrifices you make as an entrepreneur yeah. it's hard you know and yeah. you need to make sure you have enough support around you to yeah. to go through the ride it's it's um it's not i think a lot of young people today especially those in their 20s you think well entrepreneurship mm. uh, entrepreneurship is 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 um sexy is a new thing is glamorous cool. yeah, yeah. it's a lot it's much harder than being in the corporate world mm. because i had the benefit of being in both yeah. so i can share with you this one is non-stop you know i used mm. to work till three in the morning every mm. day kind of thing and for no pay you yeah. know, so how many people are going to do that, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's whether or not you really believe in what you're doing and whether you think this can be a success in the future. So you really have to have 
that much of perseverance. Yeah. How's that? And patience, that's right. <laughs> and patience yeah. Um, so you set this up um, with your partner. Yeah. And at the beginning, what was it? It was just a simple website? It was just a simple website. Yeah. I was doing everything from being the one who, I was the buyer. So talking to all the brands. Right. And then so stocking them in my house. Ah, okay, so you had inventory. Yeah, had to mm. because mm. that was the idea. We were not a marketplace like Lazada. Lazada is a marketplace mm. and so is Shopee whereby sellers can sell on their platform. That's right. Whereas we don't have that. We sell everything. Mm. Uh, we don't have merchants on our website. Mm. We are the ones who own the products. Okay. So that's why we had to get brands to come in. We had to buy from them. Mm. Um, and uh, so we needed to have like a little warehouse. But yeah. in the beginning, it doesn't make sense, right, to do that. Right. So put everything lah, in your house. Yeah. How did you decide <laughs> what to stock up first? Uh, went to the popular brands that people need. Okay. Yeah. So that was and and it's a lot of research. I mean, popular brands is easy, but after that is like what else and and to grow the range. Actually, baby and mummy products they're tons. So mm. for us, we QC everything. We want to make sure that we're selling good quality products, yeah. products that mums want and not some some chaplak sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, cheap, but nobody buys them. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. So good, good quality stuff that parents need. And today, parents are very discerning. Mm. Um, I can tell you that in the beginning, we had some very famous brands, which I shouldn't name. and uh, But it took a long time to sell because people didn't want them. Oh. They wanted the organic range. They didn't want the skincare that had chemicals in it. I see. So mm. Malaysian parents have yeah. become very particular uh, I mean, especially those middle in middle class onwards, they yeah. they can spend right, and yeah. they want to make sure they give the best quality products for yeah. their children. So, how did you two questions? And how did you first go reach out to your customers? Um, and how was the ramp up for the number of customers? So marketing wise, yeah. Um, obviously we had to go to the usual channel like Facebook. Uh, actually, we did more Facebook in the beginning. Eventually, mm. we did Google as well. But in the beginning, for Google, it was mainly. I mean, once you start, once you have a website mm. and you've listed things, it's interesting how when people search things, you might just pop up. Right. With, you know, so yeah. which we did. So it was mainly organic reach in the beginning. Okay. Um, we spent a little bit on Facebook, not much. Um, mm. and then from there we started. It, you know, we were. Traction grew, yeah, okay. and from there we decided. So that's encouraging, right? At, yes, at that's, yeah, mm. but like I said, it's because there were not many people selling what we were selling online. Mm. People were selling the car seats and the strollers, not the diapers and the milk. So we were the first to do that, actually. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So maybe that helped, and um, and then after that only we started. My my partner left her job eventually four years later. Right. So for the first four years, it was just me, and then I hired my first staff. After one year. So okay. it was just two of us in mm. the office. And then, so actually, um, it was a slow growth, but that was because we were learning everything. I got no IT background, no mm. nothing about mm. platforms and web developers. Yeah, and yeah. So even and all the up, online. yeah, and all the uploading I did. So I right. sat with my web developer and I learned how to do it. That's cool. How yeah. to crop. I mean, cropping pictures is one thing, but how to upload things, pricing and and description, yeah. everything, you know. So how, what did you, did you build? Some kind of a system to manage your inventory, or just using Excel? And no, no, no. So that? it's all in our. We, so we use an open source platform. Mm. Uh, we use Magento actually. Okay. And and so, but at that time we had no idea what that meant. And then you yeah. know we looked at WordPress la, Joomla. That that was the, those were the days before platforms like Shopify and Woohoo right. Commerce came on Make board. Life a lot easier then. Yeah. So days, we yeah. had to. So actually, looking back now, it was a wise choice for us to go with Magento because it's a very it's a very, such a scalable platform. Mm. Uh, and then eventually. Um, Shopify came into the picture and then we looked at it and 
And I decided, no, it doesn't make sense for us to use that kind of a platform because it's actually regressing. Because hmm. that platform does not have a lot of scalable functions like hmm. Magento. So if you've got big dreams to really grow and customize, then you don't want to go to a standard sort of, you, you need the customization, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. So in the end, Magento worked out really well for hmm. us. And okay. we're still on it now. Um, and from a, from a scaling standpoint, so how was, you said it was a slow start, you know, after three, four yeah, years. Yeah, because it was all, um, we never did any fundraising or anything mm. like that. It was all our own funds. Okay. And that's what I mean by not paying ourselves. Mm. I mean, I paid my staff, but um, but uh, everything we earned, we put back into the business. Right. We rolled and rolled. Right. So had we had funding from the beginning, so I didn't even think about those kind of things, right? right. But had we, had we thought about that and done mm. that, then I think we would have, um, we would have grown faster, of course. Mm. But, but you know, then again, people who take funding early and don't know how to spend it well may end yeah, up losing yeah. a lot of money. So I was going to say that you know, just having money sometimes is is the bad thing. Correct. Right. So I think mm. it worked in our favor in that mm. sense because we really had to knuckle down and figure yeah. things out from A to Z. Yeah. Um, you know, make you as wise as possible. That's right. <laughs> kind of thing. At least a good uh, discipline, right? It's a very it's, good it's discipline. Not, you know, blowing other people's money. Correct. Yeah. You know, so, but that's the thing, you see. So, in the end, when we did do our fundraising, for me, it feels like, you know, we should be spending that money like it's your own money mm. and not that, not just because it's somebody else's money. Yeah. And it's, let's blow it it's and see how, yeah, yeah. You know, so, which I can see a lot of people do as in, as in meaning they fundraise and then it's, just burnt just yeah. like that you yeah. know so there are huge benefits to uh, yeah. slogging the hard way yeah, yeah. so, <laughs> so talk to me a little bit about the fundraising then so how did you get to the point when okay we need a bit of a boost yeah so mm. when we started to grow the team so I mentioned my partner left her at the bank uh, in 2014 that's when she joined me mm. and then we said okay let's grow the, t the team let's have a marketing team let's have a finance you know mm. let's start building this mm. Um, so along with and we needed money to do that we couldn't yep. just yeah so that's when uh, we we did our equity crowdfunding actually we got we got an angel investor to come in in 2016 okay um, and then we wanted to test that's when we started spending on marketing as well mm. um, and then we made some big mistakes that's why I mean, you are absolutely right when you raise money or when you have some money you want to spend it yeah. to get traction but that's where you also make a lot of mistakes mm. and we made tons of mistakes at that oh, point oh share share a few of those no, Sounds well, I mean, we put money in, in, in Google, we put money in Facebook, but mm. that doesn't mean it's going to translate into, doesn't mean Purchases, you put yeah. mm. $1, is going to become $3, right? Yeah. So, the, yeah. uh, well, if you did that, and if you think, okay, if I if I make it $100, maybe that'll become 300 No, it doesn't work that way, mm. you know? So, so those were the big mistakes we made because we, we burnt a lot of money trying to build that, um, traction we put it into the ad space mm. you know so so yeah we did that and then at the same time we also built the team so there was a lot of cost there um, so in 2017 we decided let's do I mean we were, we were talking to all kinds of people we, people we spoke to angels we spoke to VCs um, we also joined the Coach and Grow program it's um, mm, uh, it's Cradles. Cradles yeah it's an excellent program mm, and it was such a and the gang. yes mm. and mm. so that was a wonderful eye opener um, and that taught us a lot of things mm. and um, and that helped us with our pitching process as well so so when we were ready to do our equity crowdfunding, which is the channel we decided to mm. in the end, we decided not to go down the route of VCs and whatnot. Before that, we were talking to mm. VCs. But then when we, we looked at the balance of things, we realized that um, maybe that might be a route for later on. Mm. Uh, because 
there are a lot of hidden things, you know. Everybody thinks fundraising, oh, really good, you know. Does, mm. But there's there's more to it, you know. You got to look mm. at the terms. How much more of your company are you giving out, mm. and and at what terms are you mm. going to get screwed mm. or not in the future? Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. kind of thing, you know. And we heard enough horror stories of people having to buy back their shares from VCs yeah. and yeah. whatnot. So balancing everything out, um, I think we made the right decision to go down the road mm. of equity crowdfunding. Mm. Um, so we did that and it's great because the people who come on board, you know, many of our customers became our shareholders actually right. through this platform and right. that's not possible through mm. any other platform. So this this was good mm. and you know, then they sort of become your brand ambassadors because yes. when they're talking to friends, they're like, yeah, 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 yeah go buy from Baby Dash because they mm. got vested interest, right? <laughs> so How was the experience <laughs> of um, preparing the company, you know, the paperwork and all that to go into... Um, oh, that's not bad at all because we work together with Pitchin, mm-hmm. uh, with Cash, and I'm sure I'm sure you know them oh, all. Yeah, yeah. yeah so mm-hmm. um, uh, that was uh, they were very helpful. They knew what they mm-hmm. were doing, um, and uh, so I think that kind of they took away that burden. They just mm-hmm. told us what they needed, right. and then they did you know whatever they did their due diligence. Mm-hmm. Um, were there structurally anything that you needed to change in the in the baby no. dash itself? No. Before you went on. No, because it was just the two of us. Mm. Um, so by them coming on board, they become like a, it's a nominee structure, right? So all the shareholders through the equity uh, platform come in under a nominee structure. Mm. So they are actually listed on my company docs right. and all the shareholders are under their under the nominee structure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's okay. how it works. Yeah. So you pitched? Um, pitched, raised money. And here we are today. And this was... 2017. 2017. Middle, well, April, May, 2017. Okay. Yeah. The fact that your partner left her job to join you, obviously at that point, BB Dash um, had a future. Right? Yes, uh-huh. yeah. We had already crossed the million ringgit mm. sort of like revenue and mm. that, so she felt comfortable. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. So what did you do with the money? Um, it's been, what, three years now? Or two and a half years? Two and a half years, mm. yeah. So we spent more on marketing. We built the team a little bit more uh, and uh, grew the product range. Mm. Uh, so at the time we did the ECF, I think we were about 3,500 products. Today we are 7,500. Okay. Today we are about 7,000. And I intend to grow that to 10,000 in the next 12 months. 10,000 unique products? Yeah, SKU, so stock keeping units. Wow. Yeah. So much stuff that you can buy for kids these days. Yeah. <laughs> so, but the, is the focus still just babies? What what kind of age group are we talking Zero about? Zero to five. So, okay. babies and mums. Okay. Uh, so, even like your postnatal and even your prenatal stuff. So, when the mom becomes pregnant, we've got all her like stretch mark creams, that okay. kind of stuff. Mm. And then when they're preparing for the baby to come, so things like preparing to get a cot, mattresses, car mm. seats, strollers, mm. everything. So, okay. it's a lot. Actually, 10,000 is not enough. But uh, <laughs> but that's okay. the near term goal. How's wow. that? Okay. Uh, so so I think the goal for us is to become a household name in Malaysia. So hmm. um, we have t- and the thing is we don't have those kind of deep pockets. I don't have Alibaba backing me. Yeah, so yeah. in terms of marketing, I'm limited to what I can do. But we do as much as we can. We have partnerships with confinement centers and hmm. um, a lot of the mummy groups. Hmm. That sort of we do a lot um, right. to to reach out. And I I think today we've built a fairly good name. Uh, but of course, there's always more to be done. Mm. And within Malaysia itself, I mean, we are the largest mom and baby store uh, today. Okay, you are. Mm. We are. And, um, and I mean, as a standalone store. Uh, 
and um, the idea but then the thing is there's still so much more to grow within the mom and baby space you know uh, we serve the whole of Malaysia so not just Peninsula but we serve East Malaysia as well mm. from our hub here in PJ okay. uh, and then last year to 2019 we launched into Singapore as well so now oh. we've got Baby Dash Singapore okay. but we do that out of uh, Malaysia so with the warehouse is here and then we ship from mm. here to Singapore there's no need to actually have a warehouse in Singapore at oh, the moment so expensive anyway yeah exactly so oh actually I, was gonna, I wanted to find out about that so you initially had your your warehouse in your house Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. And so Took when did you, when did you okay? I think you know I need some space to for the bed. <laughs> yeah. So, so when did you? Um. So a, a year later, so December two thousand eleven or was it two thousand twelve? Uh, I think it was December two thousand twelve hmm. actually when we found a space in Tamantun. Uh, it was still fairly soon after that you realized yeah, you had a, a lot year, of stuff. About a year and a mm. bit. A year and a half after we started. That's when I hired my first staff and that's when we moved into a shop lot okay. on the first floor, stocked all the stuff there and then after one year realized Alamak, no space. Huh. <laughs> I have to find another spot. So we moved again and where we are right now, the good thing is there are lots near us, so we took the space. So al- although we had one space, eventually we took the space next to us as well. Right. So that's how we're expanding. And now I'm trying to look for the third one. I'm trying to bodek lah the other okay. landlords to say, yeah, give it to yeah. me when when because you don't need available. a shopfront, right? So I all you need, need is yeah. just I need space space for products. Okay. Yeah. And your business model is still the same. You guys, you yeah, actually stop model. Okay. Yeah. An actual store store. Um. Going back to the early days, when you set this up, you were saying that there were no online anyway before t- to speak of, right? So t- No, there was. There, oh, were, there were plenty there was of baby sites, but then they but were all selling maybe toys right. or maybe car seats and right. strollers. So but not, not everything in one, in not, one not like a one-stop shop, yeah. you know? So how is the scene today? Um, okay, today, because now you have Lazada. So mm. Lazada has a lot of the stuff that we have, uh, but um, not everything. Yeah. yeah. So there's Really? I thought you could get everything. Well, you, you can get a lot, but mm. certain things, no, because certain brands do not want yes. to be on Lazada. Yes. Because they. You know, they want association with. You know, all Chinese suppliers, right? Pretty and much, also, they want to prote- protect themselves, right? Because there were a lot of cases of fake items right. and whatever. Yeah. But the yeah. good thing is how Lazada has counted that is they've got Lazmall now. Hmm. So, so you know, um, so and Lazada for the longest time has been asking us to come on board. They wanted our entire catalog, and uh, we kind of like were refraining from doing that. Hmm. But this year, we've we've just gone on board but only under their last mall umbrella because there's that guarantee mm. of safety and you know because everything we do is original uh, we only deal with original distributors yeah. that kind of stuff mm. right so with that assurance we said to them okay we'll try mm. um, let's try and see lah, you know how it goes so it's very new it's literally just happening now in the last one month actually ah, okay yeah so how's the attraction has um, yeah, on, quite on good actually oh, okay. quite good quite mm. good um, so still ironing out a lot of teething issues because basically they are back end sinks to our back end um, so it's not most people on Lazada you actually, they actually manually upload mm. but but how we've done how our developers done it in such a way whereby their Lazada's back end will talk to my back end so yep. I don't actually have to so it's all through API right yeah yeah, yeah. And you're so, on a on a platform that they should recognize also, right? So absolutely, yeah, yeah. And so. what about the team? So you started off the two of you, and then you had your first. Uh, there are fourteen uh, of us right now. Okay, so we're quite lean. I mean, mm. I think a company of our size should actually have a few more people, but 
uh, we managed to keep our costs contained as much as we can. Mm. So, mm. yeah. Okay. Mm. And you were serving Malaysia only, you said before, now Singapore. Now Singapore, well, mm. Singapore. But we haven't put much money behind Singapore because, I mean, uh, we, we've, had, we've got the platform, we are getting sales from there. Um, but then there's a lot to do. So we, and we want to make sure that when we do, when we start doing the marketing into Singapore, we choose the right partners, the right media partners and whatnot mm. because it's that much more expensive for Singapore. Mm. So we don't want to make the same mistakes that we made in Malaysia where we burn so much money and then you don't get much in return, right? Mm. So so that will be something we're careful about. Um, yeah. Okay. Mm. And any plans to go physical? No, but store? plans definitely plans in the pipeline to go regional. Mm. So besides Singapore, I am talking to uh, a few countries already right now. Okay. So, uh, but that will be through, um, you know, the network that we have, and um, we're looking at potential JVs. Uh, mm. So, still early days, so I can't really tell you which countries yet. Sure. But I am looking at a few countries in the region, mm. so that you know we have built a nice baby dash, nice right. Asian story. You know, yeah, retain yeah. that, retain that yeah. branding. Correct, and exactly, then, and mm. uh, so I think going retail, going brick and mortar is is another challenge altogether, and not something we're quite ready for. I mean, sure, your your sales and might balloon and might be, do really well, but then that also comes with its relevant uh, difficulties, mm. you know. Mm. So I think, given our strength as to where we are right now, I think we should stick to that and grow regionally based on our key strength, and not try and do too much, and then dilute ourselves and then lose the plot. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It is a challenge. Yeah. How was um, the? And I always find the one of the key things with um, online businesses is the logistics, mm. um, and the fulfillment side. Mm. Um, I think the sexy part of this whole thing is oh, having the website and you mm. know putting your products in is mm. the fulfillment that's always been a, a challenge, right? So mm. how was that experience for for Baby Day? Oh, well, I did it in the beginning. It's not a challenge if you find the right career companies and mm. people that you can work with. But mm. And you build a good team that can, you know, every day, all the orders that come in, they pack on the spot, they send it out the same day. So it must be quick. We, we're, we're very much into strong customer service and, mm. and fast delivery because that's what mm. parents want. They yeah. want things quickly. Yeah. So my team is on the ball. They're packing all the time. Um, and, and as far as the logistics is concerned, we're blessed in Malaysia because we have various uh, courier companies that we can work with. Mm. So I actually have six courier companies that work for okay. Baby Dash. Um, of course, in the beginning, it was just one. Mm. But now we've we found, you know, we that certain courier companies are stronger in certain areas. We have one in particular just for Singapore. We also have one which is specific for same-day delivery. So if somebody orders at 10 yeah. in the morning, mm. they can get it uh, by afternoon or evening, you know. Right. So, so quite a few permutations there yeah. that we offer to our customers. Um, so what I mean is we are blessed in Malaysia because we've got that many courier companies. Everybody wants to get into the logistics business mm. because then you're serving the whole of the e-commerce industry. Yeah. So yeah. that's great. I think in the other Asian countries, that's going to be a challenge. So when we look at Baby Dash in another country, right. that will it would we would have to pick the ones that have uh, that have good career support, good mm. third party. The reach and the Yeah, because mm. like I know some of our counterparts in Indonesia before, they didn't have that kind of support so they had to become the logistics company themselves. Right. Right. And that's hard. That's so capital intensive. Until mm. today, they are bleeding, you mm. know. So, um, it's, it's a different business. It's a different business. Either mm. you are in e-commerce or you're in logistics. That's they, right. But in those kind of countries, you have to be both. Mm. And that's hard. 
Yeah. Yeah. So okay. So we don't want to go down that route. Yeah. We'll choose the countries that have the support so yeah. we can yeah. make it work. Yeah. In Malaysia itself, um where is your where is your business um focused in? The whole of Malaysia. Yeah. Do you see uh you know, is it typically the big cities where you're getting most of your customers? Yeah, yeah, definitely out? definitely Klang Valley, Johor, Penang. But it's very interesting to see people from places I've never been to in in Peninsula by mm. like, where is that place <laughs> you know yeah. and 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 even Felda settlement we've even had orders from there but I guess over there is because they can't get or it's difficult to get mm. some good items or some right. of the foreign brands that we bring in mm. so again product product variety has really helped us because then you know people come to our site and like, wow we've got so many things you know mm. I mean we we know we have a lot of things but we don't see it that way we're like we always like, oh, there's more. We need to get more. We need to right. become really, really a wholesome one-stop shop, you know? Yeah. Um, like I know a similar business to mine in Turkey, they have 25,000 SKUs on their website. Right. That's why I say the right. 7,000 is like nothing. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot more to do, a lot more to grow, a lot more to do. And it's it's great. It's exciting because you're creating, you're creating value mm. for your Malaysian market and, mm. and for the greater region as well, you yeah. know? Yeah. So, and then within that also, you're always trying to make things seamless, make things faster. So, for example, how can we, we always look at Amazon and you're like, wow, you know, they just have, it's just one click and you just check out. Mm. So, why is it people have to fill in name, address, yeah. and that kind of thing, right? Yeah. So, is there a way where you can do that just once mm. and then afterwards it's just a one-click checkout? So, yeah. all those things, you know. Mm. Um, so, we, we move along as technology moves along. We partner with people. Like, even payment gateways, we've moved a couple of times because, you know, the new ones come on board with, with better technology mm. um, and, and which makes it a seamless experience. So, mm. then, yeah, we'll give it a go. Mm. So, whatever comes up, we're all ears, we're all open to try something new yeah. so that we can make the customer experience that much better. Yeah, yeah. true. Yeah. Um, from a product standpoint, right? So okay. you've got your 7,000 SKUs now, hopefully yeah. grow more. Yeah. Would you go into other things um, beyond baby and mom? Yeah, potentially. So um, because we've already got this captive audience, so uh, the... I mean, on our website, we do have things for beyond five years old as well. Hmm. But it's not a key. It's, I mean, that we do have, for example, we have kitty um, shower gels so of even 10-year-olds. And okay. some of the milk we have is from zero to 10, that kind hmm. of thing, right? But we don't have something, we don't have a large range for for the growing up children. Mm. So that's a potential uh, that we're looking at. Um, yeah, quite a few things there. We could even look at, um, so for example, a lot of people have said to us, hey, you guys have diapers, but it's all for babies. Why didn't you consider for adults as well? But then then again, hmm. we are, because, you know, the older generation, and you know, all, all our friends who are working and whatnot who have to buy for mm. their grandparents or whatever, it's like a hassle, you know? Yeah. So that's, there are opportunities mm. Again, we have to prioritize what, where, how are we growing and mm. what are we doing. And mm. so those are things at the back of my, our minds and we will do, we will assess as we go along. Because yeah. right now, it's, we're looking at the regional plan as well. Right, right. So that, that takes priority mm. at the moment. Because yeah. I was thinking in terms of the customers that you have, right? From, sure. a, from a repeatability standpoint. Yeah. So if I, if I take myself, yeah. um, if, I, if there was a baby dash service when I had my first child, yeah. I will use that for few years. Uh, I better get this right. Four years before the next one, 
Yeah. So I'll continue, right? Yeah. And then two years after that, I'll have the other one. Yeah. So you will have me as a captive audience for at least six years, seven years. If you have more than one child. Yes, Correct. if you have more than one, right? Yeah. So three, I guess now these days, typically two. Two, Right? Three, so yeah. that will give you a lifespan of about five years per yep. couple. Yeah. And then they, they're off, right? Yeah. Um, Correct. And so you would hope there will be a replacement of course, there are always new parents that come correct, in. Correct, correct, correct. Um, but since you've already got this five-year ex- um, relationship yes. right, with, with, with this couple, yes. that was where I was coming from in terms of the... Correct. You know, so what else can you do for, for Correct, them? yeah. Mm. So that that is definitely in our pipeline. So, mm. you know, for example, it could be like the uh, like the pharmacy online kind of thing. So, you know, you can have your toothpaste, your whatever, mm. for your household goods, your dry yeah. goods. So that's a potential. Um yeah, so so again, there's so many things that we can yeah. do, um, and 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 grow this. Um, so yes, it's in the pipeline. <laughs> That's oh, what I'll say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I guess the the other question is really from uh, a general market standpoint. Mm. Um, you know, we we we've been hit by a whole bunch of different challenges right now. Mm. You know, the COVID virus mm. and you know the oil prices just blind. I know, goodness. Um, you know, the political scene, right? And all those things. However, I wonder, does that impact your business at all? It impacts every industry, I believe, mm-hmm. especially COVID-19 because the whole supply chain, everybody relies on China mm-hmm. in some way or another. Mm-hmm. Even things like sanitizers, even if your sanitizer is locally made, where do the bottles come from? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So, so uh, one of our suppliers said to us, you know what? We can't get the bottles out in mm. time, but we can do the refillable mm. packs for you guys. Right. You know, because the bottles, unfortunately, we have to it's wait for the factory in China yeah, to open. Yeah. You know, there you so go. So is your challenge more from the, the the supply side as opposed to from the demand? Exactly. The demand is there. Mm. The supply is stuck. Mm. And um, we had so many shipments delayed. In fact, even now, now is March, right? Yeah. I just spoke to one supplier today and they said, oh, cannot lah. Only May or June. We're like, right. what? Yeah. And the reason behind that is because of the backlog. So they're starting to manufacture now. Mm. And it will only be able to be shipped out then. Yeah. So it's really disruptive. I don't. I think this year is going to be quite a, a very very challenging year for all industries mm. globally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the fact that Singapore has already rec- said it's going to be it's, it's in a re- basically negative growth lah. Yeah. You know, recession lah. Right. That, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it can't be helped. It's yeah. a global phenomenon. Isn't it is. It? So mm. what are you going to do about it from from a baby dash standpoint? What can you do? Um. The g- well, in a way, the good thing about this virus is people don't dare go out so they want to buy online. Right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, I think that I always look at it this way. There's always the thing is we are a growing business. So we are there's still opportunity we are still growing despite all these things happening. You know, last month was a growth. I foresee this month being a growth as well. Mm. Um uh, so I think I think through problems, there's always opportunity. So mm-hmm. and and given that we are on on that growth phase, we just have to continue um, thinking how what else can we do? What other marketing campaigns can we do to reach out to more people to get the name even more out there, in as clever a fashion as possible? Given mm. the fact that we don't have the deep pockets of, of you know the big boys. Mm. So what are the clever partnerships we can do to 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 build up our name? Yeah. So we keep doing that, and as long as we keep growing, then I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, like I mentioned, uh, we're exploring the regional markets. Mm. Uh, oh, I forgot to mention the other thing that we started doing last year was we started doing export already. Okay. So we now export 
uh, into the Maldives uh, and uh, going forward I'm looking at those relations building that revenue channel as well where supermarkets can buy directly from Baby Dash okay uh, but not as a not more like a B2B as mm. opposed to a B2C mm. which is what we're doing now yeah, yeah. Um, so looking at that and to see what what are the other countries we can mm. penetrate uh, also looking at building our own brand of items okay. uh, so a, a Baby Dash yeah, sort of thing. Whatever. Yeah, that mm. kind of thing. So okay. that's also been in the pipeline right now. So yeah. a lot of things on our plate. Yeah. Are you mm. doing B2B today in Malaysia? No. Mm. Only overseas. Okay. Yeah. How why the the jump from Because that opportunity came up. Ah, I okay. mean, so an opportunity came yeah. up and we we're like, oh, okay, let's try that. My in the Maldives, that's an interesting story. I know. So now um again using the network that we have, mm. I'm trying to see how we can penetrate other countries as well. Okay. And this one going beyond the Asian region, you know? Mm. So so that will be great. At least we have a few different revenue streams uh yeah. to feed into the baby dash. Um, It'll be interesting to see as a shop in Maldives, to buy from you as opposed to you know supplying it from from China directly, is yeah. it because you guys curate and and have that uh, I don't know better quality? Well, now that I'm looking at yeah, of course we've mm. got got very good quality stuff. Mm. But now that we're also looking at our own brand of stuff, then again mm. QC is within our control, right? Yeah. And so um so we'll be promoting, trying to see whether we can build that or not that connection mm. for the export market. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, going into your, your own brand. Now that's going to be an interesting set of challenges. Of course. Right? Yeah. Um, are you going to bring somebody else in who's who's done this kind of similar business? Before? No, I don't need to do that. I mm. think we've got enough experience because knowing all the various brands we already have, mm. we know what people are looking for. I just need to find the right manufacturers to do a good job. Mm. That's it. Mm. Yeah. And I'm guessing that because you've been doing this for quite a few years now and you know your customers, um, then you are able to kind of zoom in to the type of things that they they're need. looking for. Yeah, yeah that, that they need, absolutely. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, if you were to talk to a whole bunch of new guys going into business, mm. not necessarily technology driven, but just in startups, right? Mm. What would be the few things that you would advise them to do or not do? Um, I think the first thing is they gotta they gotta look within themselves to sort of understand whether or not they are ready for this ride. Mm. whether they are ready to be an entrepreneur is very different and they basically have to be very very passionate about what they're doing mm. um, because if you don't have that how are you going to work 18 hours a day mm. and it's different yeah to corporates where you go in you come out okay you, can go. you get a salary you get a salary mm. this one is no money mm. well potentially yeah. unless you raise money in the beginning but mm. basically it's really I mean as cliche as it sounds it really is blood sweat and tears mm. you know and you put in the hours you will have you know days where you're like oh goodness is this really going to work and but you got to plod along if you really believe it you know that's why i'm saying they, they, they've got to have the mindset whether or not they're ready got to be a strong mindset to make sure they can last the ride because yeah. it's not a one-year story you know yeah. i mean we are nine years in business right now and 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 i can tell you that it's it's always different different challenges and it's 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 always something new and there's a lot of firefighting along the way. Mm. It's 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 a rough ride. It's a great ride, you know, but it's also a rough ride and you've got to be ready for it. Yeah. So I think people, uh, young people should not read the magazines and all that and get taken up by that, but 
understand that there's a lot more behind it mm. which people are not saying mm. you only read the glamorous stuff yeah. you know you got to look behind it and, and decide for yourself or, I mean if you're going to give it a try why by all means give it a try mm. but realize it's a difficult right that you must mm. be ready for yeah. you know yeah yeah i've not had the conversation with the entrepreneur who says it was a breeze right it's yeah. always been painful but you're right the headlines are always the successful ones yeah um but you know so somehow the pain is is hidden yeah, yeah. so it's great to hear the success but you know mm. people should write more real stories about what's going on behind the yeah. scene so yeah. if you met yourself your yourself 11 years ago yeah would you tell her to uh, yeah I, go this for is it not the path no yes, no no go for it because mm. i really really i really love what i do and i think uh well, if i met myself 11 years ago then i'll say oh don't do this i I'll already with the benefit of hindsight i'll say these are all the mistakes you made yeah. so yeah. don't do this you know then you know you've got the benefit of what yeah, what you can yeah, do right yeah. isn't it yeah. yeah but i guess so, with all the don'ts is the stuff that you learn that's true that that builds you yeah, it builds you it builds you yeah builds your resilience mm. you know it's hard it's hard a lot of difficult things along the way and difficult conversations you mm. need to have and along the way th- oh the other thing i would say is very good it's very important to have mentors and advisors mm. so i th- i'm blessed with that i've got you know enough um people around me you know uncles and all that right. who are so experienced did you actively seek out mentors or you just going to again well through the coach and grow program mm. they you are assigned mentors right. and so they're great and then but then within my family as well and and you know the network that i have i always like oh come let's have a coffee let's have a lunch i need to i need your <laughs> input yeah, your yeah. experience mm. and i tell them the story and say what would you do you know it's i think um having a mentor or a few mentors actually is mm. very beneficial is crucial mm. entrepreneurship can be a lonely journey so it you know uh, and it's it's good if you are able to 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 bounce these ideas of very experienced people who will who will guide you and tell mm. you as it is you who know? don't have any personal interest but just you know even if they did mm. even better because then they're vested in your company that's it right. that's <laughs> yeah so that respect yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 so either way i mean the the point is, is it, it has to be people that you trust that will mm. give you good advice yeah. so trust is a key element there because uh, you're sharing with them what you're doing your plans and everything mm. right so um and and i think there are a lot of people out there who are willing to give back who are willing to pay it forward to help you know mm. to help future your future generation come up and and yeah. yeah so make use of that i think that's important mm. Mm. so it was what 11 years from your first business it's what 8 9 years 9 years now, now. now. 9 year yeah um and sounds like you have quite a few more things to do with baby dash a lot more yeah right? yeah um so the future is still baby dash i assume then yeah for yeah. sure Um, any more fundraising happening? To, to I would rather program? not if mm. I can. Um, I think normally people do fundraising to sustain their existing business because mm. they are losing a lot of money, yeah. Yeah. or there's a particular big growth plan and you need the funds to grow and scale mm. up. Typically, e-commerce companies. Uh, the sizable ones mm. uh, at least are not profitable so people like us we have not been profitable for that many years but my goal right now is to break that norm and move towards the profitable mm. zone so we're actually okay. very close already we're okay. like break Good. even point already Good. practically well when i say that i'd like to achieve that consistently so we achieved mm. that in december we achieved it in january i'd like to see 
a good mm. six months of that before I can say, hey, yeah. okay, yeah. <laughs> definitely. Well, even even Amazon was profitable some quarters and not, right? Only, yeah, only recently correct. with AWS that they've really done it. Yeah, 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 exactly. They were for so many years they were losing yeah. money. Yeah. But I mean Amazon is a is a giant in its own. Look at look at uh, Lazada and Shopee and how much they're losing. It's yeah. ridiculous, you yeah. know. So I always wonder what is their path to profitability? Because <laughs> it's crazy. I mean Is it about it, just raising valuations and you know? No, but that does that's in. not that that doesn't determine your pro- that just gives you money to run for mm. X amount of years. I mean mm. you run out of that, you're gonna raise again. Yeah. So that's the fundraising game, right? Keep mm. raising and raising just mm. to sustain the business. Yeah. But hey, what about making sure that your business is sustainable in itself and can fend for itself without having to raise money? Right? Are you running a business? Le? Yeah, run yeah. Let's go back to the fundamental. <laughs> What's the point of running oh, a business? Not to raise money. That, yeah. yeah. So so for me, I don't want to raise any more money because if I can make sure that we are at where we are right now and grow this even more, then I don't need money to to be, to grow. I mean, mm. it would be more no external injection anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the business is sustainable. Mm. Um, if at all, it would be, you know, like I said, the regional plan that we have. Yep. Maybe, you know, the JVs and they come in with a small percentage, that, that kind of thing. Mm. But I don't need, I don't want to raise money to sustain my business. Mm. You know, that's not the point of business, yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So okay. that's, now, yeah. you mentioned right from the start, uh, diapers.com. Yeah. Right. And they got sold off. Yeah. Um, so, is that something that, you know, still at the back of your mind, one of these days I'm going to retire and kick back and just sell this business um, off? Put it, that, put it this way, when we started the business, the idea was about building a business. Hmm. Um, we didn't start the business to say, let's start this business and sell it. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, You'd be surprised at how many people do that these days. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, you know. Yeah. I think I think a lot of people who are... Or maybe in, you wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but then it's... That means you're not ready for the, mm. the not ready to build up and not ready to slog in the hours to mm. build something amazing. Or, or you're you going know? into business for the wrong reasons. Yeah, yeah. that's right. You mm. know, so you gotta do something you're really passionate about because really it's non-stop. To make it even work, to be able to sell it to somebody in the future, mm. you gotta build that much value. To build that much value means you gotta put in so much of work and yeah. really slog it out, right? Yeah. So it's it's whether or not people are ready for that ride. Uh no, so for us, um I'd like to be able to build a good a good name in the region. Mm. Um, if somebody comes along and they want to take a minority stake or whatever, I mean, we are open to these ideas, mm. uh, but that isn't the focus. The focus yeah. is let's build our name and build a strong name, mm. you know? Um, I want to do what people like Shell have done, what Petronas has done, what mm. Maxis has done, you know, that kind of thing. Mm. So why can't we build our name and, and, and build a good name and say, hey, we did this, you know, we've yeah. created this value. Yeah. So I think that's our driving motivation. Yeah. And yeah. with no caveats, right? That yeah. yeah, this is a big business. Yeah. Right? And it is. As opposed to yeah. ah, they're still fundraising and they're not profitable. Yeah. Right? See, I don't like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. yeah. I think too many people try to play that game. Yes. And it's a dangerous game as well. In the end you're left with how much left equity? Two <laughs> 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 percent. Yeah. Right. I am just saying that. But yeah. yeah. In the end you you give out, you give out, you give out and mm. you're left with nothing much. Yeah. And then you got all these people to answer to. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. guess last question for me is so Baby Dash in five years mm. from now, twenty twenty five, where do you see or where do you hope to see Baby Dash? You know, five years is such a the world changes so quickly, so fast. Mm. So even if I 
had all these grand plans. I think five years, I, I think a more realistic thing would be, hey, where would, where, what do you want to achieve in two years? Because mm. the plans that we have right now, I think are achievable in the next one to two years. Right. I, think, I think five years, because of how things rapidly change, is mm. too far down the line right. in that sense. You know? So let's go two it's, years. Yeah, yeah, so again, uh, for me, it's about um, having a few more countries under mm-hmm. our wing. Mm-hmm. So and uh, so making sure Mal- uh, Malaysia is making sure we are still number one and on top and reach more households right. in, for Malaysia number right. one build Singapore mm. and uh, in two years time definitely have two more, at least two more countries under mm. our wing so mm. in four countries right. Um, right so that would be the that would be the and goal you'll be flying you'll be living on an airplane at that point yeah. not necessarily I think if you've got good partners in 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 the various countries mm. then you know we bring in the expertise and they. Run the groundwork, yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, of course to also build the Baby Dash brand in terms of the products that we're creating. Mm. So to build more value back towards Baby Dash. Mm. So yeah, so okay. that would be my near term answer. I think five years can't is, see that far. Can't see not to say can't see that far. Things change so fast, right? So if yeah. you know, I it's think it's hard to peg onto. It's a, hard a, to a certain, yeah. Certain yeah. version of that, I guess. Yeah. Good. I'm glad to hear the how grounded you are. Um, really? <laughs> yes. Um, because as I said, right, I've, I've met quite a few um, founders mm. and you can tell they've come from the, the pitching school, right? Of, really? You know, it's, it's this is, here's my five-year, 10-year trajectory. It's always a hockey stick. Um, it's always about the valuations that we can bring in. It's always mm. about customer acquisitions. Mm. Um, but they always forget the Revenue minus cost equals profit. Yeah. Equation. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, of course, of course, you you have all those other things in fundraising. You need to tell a good story. Yeah. Um. By the end of the day, you do have to have your fundamental business. Absolutely. Right. And you go mm. into business for the right reasons. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm hearing that, so it's great. Oh, good. I'm glad. Okay, Lavani, yeah. thank you very much for thank coming you, in. Thank you, Amran. Hopefully, in a couple of months, you know, you can come in and we'll. See how you're doing out there in uh, sure. Happy to share our story. And also when we have more stories to tell you, we'll tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll be here uh, waiting to listen to that. Sure. Thanks, Lavani. Thank you. Bye bye.